0: Hey, open your Bibles to uh, the book of 2 John. It's going to be right towards the end of the Bible. It's right before 3 John and right after 1 John. It's like one page. It's a small book, Um, but this is where we're at. Um, We're going to get through. We we just finished 1 John a couple weeks ago. We're going to do 2 John this week. We're going to knock out all 13 verses. Uh, today, we'll get through a whole book of the Bible in one Sunday morning, uh, and then we'll probably do the same thing next week with Third John. Um, <clears throat> now, as I was studying 2 John, and it's all 13 verses, uh, I often do something called inductive Bible study, if you guys have heard of that. It's just a really cool... Uh, process to study the Bible really love to get some inductive Bible study groups going this summer still praying for that and and looking for an opportunity to just if nothing else just get together and study the Bible and and just show you guys how to how to do some inductive Bible study. such an awesome way to study the word and to kind of just interpret things without uh really relying on other people's commentary um So looking forward to trying to do that this summer. But as I was studying this morning uh, or this week, one thing I was really looking at was uh, one thing you do in inductive Bible study is look at words that are repeated over and over again. And so just a couple observations I made just before I even jumped into it is the words love and truth are repeated so many times in these 13 verses. And that's the point of John's message this morning. That's the point of second John is love and truth, and it's not too far off from First John. The second observation I made is, really, second John is just a mini a little tiny version of First John. Uh, really, I think maybe eight or nine of his verses, uh, you can almost find identical verses in 1 John that, that line up. And so this isn't anything new we're gonna learn. It's, it's just kind of a repeat of what we've been learning in 1 John. <clears throat> and again, those lo- the words love and truth pop up. It pops up, I think, four times in the first three verses, um, the word truth and love right behind it. But uh, he's gonna he's gonna just uh, we're, I'm gonna focus on truth this morning. But I also I also don't I it's truth that goes right along with love. And I think my points this morning, again focusing on truth. I think you can take the word truth here and just pop in the word love and and really have the almost the same sermon. Um, we're really gonna focus on truth, and John's gonna give us three important things we need to. Uh, about truth. And and that's that we need to know the truth. We need to walk in the truth and we need to abide in the truth. <clears throat> and I'm going to just, it was 13 verses. So I'm just going to go kind of line by line through these this morning and just really try to break them down the best I can. Um, and just, and just really just see what John's got for us in uh, love and truth this morning. So uh, verse one, it, And my point number one is that we need to know the truth. It's important for us to know the truth. And so John, right there in verse one, uh, we're just going to stop at the elder. This is John identifying himself as the elder. And we're not even sure why he identifies himself as the elder. Um, Could be because that's, I mean, he was 90 years old. He was an elder. Um, could also be that that's a word for a position, uh, like a pastor in a church. But, uh, you know, I'm not sure why he doesn't use his name, but you can go to the next part. And he says to the elect lady and her children. And so he's not even using the names of the people that he's writing to. And this is. Uh, nobody debates that this is John and you can, as you see this, I hope you can see that it's pretty obvious when you go read the gospel of John, uh, the epistle of first John. uh, And when we get to third John, the writing styles really close to the same. And so there's no denying uh, people don't debate that this was definitely John writing this letter. The elder is John. Now the elect lady and her children that that is a little bit um, up in the air on on who the elect lady is and who the children are. Um, some people think it's the church. Some people think that John was writing to a specific family. Um, others think it was maybe not the whole church, but maybe a house church. I think that John's using maybe these code words or, you know, titles that aren't their names, uh, could just be because there was a time of prosecution, persecution um, where it, you know if that if that letter uh would have gotten to the wrong hands and and those names would have been seen that they would have been in danger or something. we don't know for sure, but uh it could just be that John was taking the precautionary measures in in that sense um but regardless of who this letter was written to, who the first elect lady is um who the children are, if they was talking about a literal woman uh, or somebody in the church, uh, regardless of the type of family this is, either it's a church family or it's a regular family, the message doesn't change this morning. And so we can interpret what that means, but we're gonna interpret the message the same this morning. Uh, One last thing I'll note is I do think this could be Personally, I think this could, pro- he's probably referring to maybe a home church or or a small group or, or something of that nature. Um, and I really just, even as we refer to the church as the bride of Christ, um, we refer to churches that's often in feminine form of, uh, you know, we call other Calvaries our sister churches, um, things in that nature. It would make sense that John calls the elect lady, or the church, the elect lady, and the children being the the members of this church or small group or, or anything like that. But like I said, it it really makes no difference when you just break down the text, um, because regardless, we're uh, either a church family, and we're we're all God's children, or it's talking about a specific family. And even more so, like the message is the same. Right? We want to protect uh, our family with the truth regardless of if it's a biological family or just a church family. <clears throat> it says, whom I love in the truth, and not only I, but also those who have known the truth because of the truth which abides in us and will be with us forever. And so if you guys remember, John reminds us over and over again in 1 John of Jesus's commandment. What is it? What is it? Love one another. Come on, guys. Love one another. And he's going to remind us again here. And uh, in a few more verses, he's just literally going to repeat that again, that we need to love one another. This is the commandment. And he says, if we know and love the truth, then we love those who also know and love the truth. And that's what he's saying here. He's saying, hey, church or family, I love you in the truth. And my brothers, my Christian brothers and sisters, they love you because they know the truth and they know that you know the truth. And we know that that commandment, that we're supposed to love one another. And it says, because of the truth which abides in us and will be in us forever. <clears throat> He's not saying, I love you because we have similar hobbies or similar interests or political affiliations. What binds us together is that common truth. That common truth uh, that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is God and and what Jesus came to do for us on the cross. And that truth is, as we see in our verse, it will be with us forever. The truth doesn't change. There's people out there that want to, that think that the truth changes. You guys run into those people? They think that, the truth, the word of God changes. It was, they try to interpret it for uh, this generation. They try to tweak things, adapt things um, to fit our changing culture instead of to take our culture and to try to line it up with God's word. They're, they're doing the opposite and they're taking God's word and trying to line it up with our culture. And that shouldn't surprise us. Again, the Bible's pretty clear. That's, those are, these are things that are gonna happen. Culture is going to get farther away from biblical worldview. But we know in Hebrews 13, it says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That truth doesn't change. The same Jesus that came yesterday is the same Jesus that's here today. It's the same message. The Bible tells us that message isn't going to change. So don't fall for... This doctrine that is not the truth. We need to know the truth and nothing but the truth. It says, Grace, mercy, and peace will be with you from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father in truth and love. And that's the truth we need to cling to this morning that Jesus is God and only through a relationship with Jesus, rooted in both truth and love, we receive his grace, mercy, and peace. I don't think we can really, I don't think we can really experience the grace, mercy, and peace that comes uh, from God without having the truth and love. It's hard that I don't I don't think that we can experience that full grace mercy maybe some parts of it maybe pieces um but to to really experience that grace mercy and peace that comes with having a relationship with Jesus that's rooted in the truth and rooted in the love that he has for us that relationship we we don't we don't fully experience the grace mercy and and peace that's with us uh that's from God. And how do we know the truth? The truth, uh, God reveals the truth to us through the Bible. God reveals the truth through the Holy Spirit. If you go back, it says the truth abides in us. It's talking about the Holy Spirit that abides us, us abides in us. When we become Christians, when we're born again, we receive that Holy Spirit. And that's something that we need to cling to. We need to hold on to. We need to turn to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, you need to guide me through this. Show me the right way. It's that compass. Reveal to me what's true and what's not. But also, let's not forget the Bible. It's God's word. We can jump into and know that everything in that book, and that's the only book we can rely on for accurate information, for the, for the full truth. <clears throat> but it starts with knowing the truth. It's so the important of the message today is that you need to know the truth. John's going to get into it uh, again, John's combating false teachers. This church is up against false teachers that wanted to come in and and say things that uh, wanted to change doctrine. Wanted to say that I had some special revelation that only I know that's not in the Bible. Wanted to say that Jesus uh, wasn't fully man or wasn't fully God. All these things that he dealt with. And and we're going to get into that uh, in a few more verses, but we need to understand that um when we're talking about knowing the truth that it's not our truth it's not our truth it's the truth the truth of god's word our truth is uh not always great and if we're doing things that that are that's our truth uh they often fall short of of the truth that is God, the truth that is God's word, the truth that's in us as the Holy Holy Spirit. Uh, Verse four and uh, point number two I want to make is uh, that we not only need to know the truth, but we need to walk in the truth. Verse four says, I rejoice greatly that I have found some of your children walking in the truth as we received a commandment from the father. And if you know the truth, then you should know that we're supposed to be living that truth out. We're supposed to be practicing that truth. We're supposed to let that truth rule our lives, control us. Every decision that we make again goes back to the Holy Spirit and goes, Am I walking in the truth of this? Am I walking in accordance to God? Am I walking in the light like John references back in 1 John? This idea of walking in the light versus uh, in the darkness. I can, uh, it's, I really liked it. He says, I rejoice greatly that I've found some of your children walking in the truth. I can relate to that. It's just, uh, man being a youth pastor for a lot of years now and, and more recently just a, a elite pastor, um, it's the best feeling in the world to see somebody that you know growing and practicing that truth, applying this, the truth of God, the truth that you know, the truth that you've received, but then taking that and applying it to your life and and going out and, and seeing the growth and just the results from that. What an awesome feeling. What an awesome feeling it is. I'm sure some of you have experienced that uh, with your children or in different ministries that you've been in, but it's such a great feeling. It's, man, praise the Lord anytime somebody gets saved. But what an awesome thing to just see uh, see somebody from my youth group get up here and, and serve the Lord and get over a fear and, and just sing your heart out. How awesome is it to just see people just get involved, see people just go, I'm going to live my life for Jesus. I'm not, and I'm not scared of what other people think about that. I'm not going to live for the world. I'm going to live for the truth. I'm going to walk in that truth. People like to talk the talk, but they don't always walk the walk. <clears throat> and it's easy uh, to sit here and study the truth. It's easy to sit here and argue about the truth. People get so into arguments uh, about the truth and and what's true and what's not true. And again, talking the talk uh, is one thing. and And again, it's great. That's that's all great, but when we can really get into it and we can practice that truth and apply it to our lives and, and just see God work through us when we can apply it to our lives and just see how blessed we are for that. Verse five says, and now I plead with you, lady, not as though I write a new commandment to you, but that which we have had from the beginning that we love one another. And there it is, he says it almost verbatim for what he's, no pun intended, uh, for what he says back in First John, that which we've had from the beginning, that we love one another. But I like how he, you see the beginning of verse five, it says, I plead with you. John's not too proud to beg that they follow this commandment to love one another. John's not too proud to, to go, this is so important to you, please do this. Please do this. Please just love one another. It's so important that we love one another, that we as a church, as a whole church, not just our church, but the body, the big C, capital C church in Albany, that, that we love one another, that we're gonna have different styles of, of people, of Christians, but they love Christ. And we're commanded to love one another. And not just Christians either, everybody. And again, man, John's message couldn't be any clearer. You need to, it's all just worthless without love. It's ineffective without love. It's so crucial that we love one another. It's so crucial that uh, we walk in the truth. And to walk in the truth is to obey and put into action God's word. And God's word is that we love. Verse six, it says, this is love that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment that As you've heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. Walking in the truth produces love. And this is where I say, the truth and love thing, they go hand in hand. Love and truth really can't stand on their own. Have you guys noticed that? One's really ineffective without the other. There's people out there that, man, they are so caught up in the truth that, that they, they miss out on the love part. And it's unfortunate, man. It, it really is unfortunate that you can spew truth at somebody, but if it's not coming from a place of love, if it's not coming from a place of love, then it, 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 it's, it's pretty ineffective. I just I think about those weirdos down in, uh, I don't know, down south somewhere that uh, was at Westboro Baptist Church. Hey, a lot of what those guys are saying is truth, but they're saying it from a place of uh, unloving. And they just come off as a bunch of crazy legalists uh, that I think are doing more to probably hurt Jesus's mission than they are to help it. but flip-flop that. If you go, if you show people love, but you're leaving out the truth, there's really no point in what you're saying. I don't know a lot of people out there that feel like getting lied to about something is uh, something that's loving. I'm not sure I've ever experienced a time where somebody lied to my face and I just felt so loved by that. Truth without love breaks down. Love without truth just breaks down. They're, they're pretty ineffective without each other. <clears> 1 <throat> Corinthians 13.6 says, Love does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. And again, going back to the truth argument, you want to sit here and let somebody know about the truth that is God, the truth of God, but you but you miss out on telling them about the love of God. God is love. You can't share the truth of God without sharing about the love of God. Because God is love, I just don't know how anybody can go sit here and explain uh, a Jesus, a God, and just miss out on love. And I want to go back and just read First John chapter four, uh, verses seven through twelve, where he makes it so clear that that God is love. It says, "Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves." has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God has made manifest among us that God sent his only son in the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Tell me how you're going to go preach a message about truth and leave out love. That's crazy. But the point here, John's trying to make, is we need to continue to walk. We need to walk in the truth and that truth involves love. But let's just not be Christians that are talking about it. Let's not be Christians that that are just knowing about it and go, yeah, I know Jesus. I have a relationship with Jesus. But then walking in a way that doesn't honor him. But then walking in a way that's that's just not of God, that's not gonna... Bless us or honor him. We got to practice walking that truth. Point number three is abiding in the truth. Verse seven says, For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. And so John's just going to stack on this idea. We need to know, we need to walk, and now we need to abide in the truth. We need to cling on to this truth. We need to hold on to it for dear life. We have to protect it as a church, as a family. This is something that we need to protect. He's saying there's people out there that that are deceivers. There's people out there that are going to teach a fake Jesus, a false doctrine, And we need to continue daily in our walk. You can't be caught up on the outside world. You can't be caught up on on what these other people are saying that's not the true word of God. We gotta continue practicing righteousness. We gotta continue getting into the word, having fellowship with one another. These are the things that when we put them together, when we're practicing righteousness, when we're praying, um, when we're having fellowship with one another, we're these these are the things that are gonna stop us from falling for these deceivers, these fake teachers, and that's abiding in in the truth once we walk there, we have to stay there, <clears throat> and this is not a new concept as we've gone over this in first John at length again. You guys see the relation between 1 John and 2 John? It's just a simplified version of what he's been saying. The dangers of false of the false teachers that this church was dealing with, uh, they're still out there today. They just maybe look a little bit different. They're still out there and they're still dangerous. They're still deceivers. And there's still things that we have to watch out and and, and just say, are, are we testing everything? Are we testing everything by the word of God? Are we testing everything by the Holy Spirit that lives in us? Because the truth doesn't change. And there's false teachers out there saying that the truth has changed. We're going to interpret the word of God differently than we did back then. That's That's not it. Verse 8, look to yourselves that we do not lose those things we worked for, but that we may receive a full reward. Uh, this verse goes really great. If you guys were here last week, we studied 1 uh, Corinthians and just this idea uh, and just look back on the Israelites and what we can learn from the, the nation of Israel and their walk with God through the desert, as God kept them safe, as God provided for them and gave them everything they needed, um, but still ended up falling for temptation, being deceived and, and just blew it. And you see there that because of that, they they didn't listen to God and that they kind of, they fell short of everything that God had for them in the promised land. They were still, ble- God still blessed them and a lot of ways by providing for them and uh, throw some more mana jokes out there if you guys want me to. Uh, But uh, we can just, we can walk with God and witness all the good things he does in our life, all the good things he does to provide for us. Practicing, uh, Practicing the truth, walking in the truth, reading scripture, praying, doing these things. Um, and it oftentimes is, we get into his trap, right? We get into a point in our walk where things just feel stagnant for a minute. And that's when Satan trips us up and just goes, "Let's uh, let's focus on, you know, Are you even getting anything from reading the word? Why don't you stop, stop that habit, turn to something else. And this is temptation. This isn't even deception, but temptation often leads to deception, right? And I just think about those Israelites missing out on the promised land, everything that God wanted for them, and they missed out on that. And and verse eight kind of looks at that that we might miss out on that full reward. If, if, if we fall for deception, if we fall for temptation, God wants us to have everything he has for us. God wants to provide that all. Sin gets in the way of that. Temptation gets in the way of that. Deception gets in the way of that. That message of, Starting strong, but finishing strong. We often don't finish strong. We often get caught up along the way and have to be reminded, have to be pushed back again. This is why he's saying it's so important that you're in fellowship with one another. So important that you have strong Christian brothers and sisters around you. So when you start to get tempted, it's when you start to get, deceived by somebody on the outside that you've got people around you that can go, Hey, I love you. And this is why I'm telling you this. This is why I need you to know that, uh, what you're doing isn't right. We love you enough to say that to you. <clears throat> Verse nine, whoever transgresses and does not abide in doctrine of in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the father and the son. There's nothing noble. There's nothing sincere. And there's nothing courageous or admirable about a a false Jesus. There's people out there denying the biblical Jesus. The word transgress just means going beyond a boundary. And we need to make sure we're not going beyond the teachings of Jesus Christ. we to make sure we're not adding to this doctrine. Make sure we're not falling for people adding to this doctrine. To deny the biblical Jesus is to reject the Father and the, and the Son both. And the Bible's pretty clear about that. There are people out there and we need to know. I feel like I've just hammered this subject into your brains the last six weeks, but it just keeps coming up in scripture. I'm not making this up. The beauty of following verse by verse teaching is it just just keeps coming up because it's important. It's important you guys know the truth. It's important that we aren't deceived. Because there are people out there, there's churches out there that are taking the biblical Jesus and bending it to fit their truth. Or the truths of our culture. It's everywhere right now. Go back to a couple weeks ago when we were just looking at testing everything. Verse 10 says, if anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him into your house nor greet him. For he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. There's no room for false teachers in in our homes, in our church, in our congregation. There's no room for it. Go back to 1 John where it says that often false teachers start in the church but they, they don't stay here long. That's the, the thing we can hold on to is when we're a strong church, when we're a strong fellowship, uh, we reject false teachers and we can say that's not, that's not correct. <clears throat> I think this is, you know, obviously this was a different time uh, where pastors would come into towns and, and, and they'd need a place to stay. And, and so you'd, you'd let a pastor stay in your house for a few days while he was in town. Um, All this to say, I'm going to start just hopping around to your guys' houses. So uh, just be ready. Uh, Dinner's at six, right? Um, No, but just a different time. So he's talking about, don't, don't let these people into your house. Make sure you know what they're about before you're going to let them stay in your house. Um, before you greet them into your home, and again, i don't most pastors I know don 't just live in people 's houses now, different time we live in, but the same concept applies don 't be hanging out with false teachers if you know that they 're teaching something weird or fake it 's just like our our message last week let 's not eat with the you know hey buy meat from the pagans, whatever. Don't be sitting at a table with them where you're going to be tempted to fall for their fake teachings, for their false doctrines. <clears throat> be careful who you're aiding. Be careful who you're sending money to, who you're supporting. I think about uh, I think about the Nigerian prince. Uh, you guys ever gotten a phone call? asking the Nigerian prince, asking you for $2,000. He'll give you $10,000 next month. That's a pretty silly one. Um, But people fall for stuff, man. People fall for missionaries that come in and, and say, hey, this is what I'm about. Do your research. Do your research on them. Ask them what they're teaching. What are you about? There's a, there's a, there's a cult. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just say the word cult. It's, it's what it is. There's a cult in, in the United States, and, and you ask them about Jesus, and they say, yeah, we're cool with Jesus. It's a very different Jesus they're talking about. It's not our Jesus. And so you got to be careful. Test everything. I did a whole sermon on testing everything through the word of God and the guidance of that Holy Spirit. Those are our, that's our compass. We need to discern everything through that. I'll wrap here just a few couple of verses of just his ending. He says, having many things to write to you, I did not wish to do so with paper and ink, but I hope to come to you and speak face to face that our joy may be full. The children of your elect sister greet you. Amen. <clears throat> Not too much to that. It's pretty simple greeting. He, I mean, he does. The children of the elect sister greet you. Um, but I do love that he just says uh, that our joy may be full. Do you guys remember back? That's something he said back in, I think, is verse four, uh, first John chapter one. that our joy may be full. We practice righteousness. We know the truth. We walk in the truth and we abide in the truth because that's the only way we're gonna experience that joy that Jesus Christ has for us, that joy that God has for us. The eternal life that God has for us that comes only through knowing the truth of Jesus Christ and him crucified. As we end here today, I just, um, I just, I want you guys to just make sure you guys know the truth and the love that comes with truth. That's the message today, the truth, knowing it, walking in it, abiding in it, protecting it. The truth matters and we can't be, We can't be a fellowship that ignores the truth. We can't be a people, now is not the time to sit back and go, oh yeah, that doesn't look right, but that's not my battle. We have to be bold. We have to be bold and and speak out when we see something, man. We don't want anybody falling for that. We're called to go and make disciples. And how are we going to do that? By knowing the truth and by love.